So for communication, you just have to be honest. You have to express your emotions. And that was something that was really hard and different for me. Coming from a family where I was neglected and divorced and everything going on, you learned that you didn't talk because no one really cared about how you felt. Hi, this is your host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. My name is Shlomo Salson, and I'm here to inspire you as a teenage kid to overcome any struggle in life, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, mental, physical challenges, problems in your relationships at home, in school, whatever they may be. I interview successful people who are making an impact in our community, and I interview them on their struggles as a teenager, how they overcame it, and how you can too. Before I continue with this podcast, I want to provide you with the free seven quick and easy ways to feel better about yourself. So if you're in a funk or if you're feeling down and you can't seem to get out of this situation, go ahead. I provided a link in the description. You can download it for free. If you have a friend or a classmate who's in the funk or going through some type of struggle, The Teenage Impact is the best podcast out there for you to overcome any struggle in life. Today's guest is Jenna Smith. Now, Jenna recently started a TikTok back in April. Now she has over 150,000 followers. She also loves to paint and sell stuff on Etsy. But as a teenager, she went through a lot of struggle. For 10 years of her childhood, her father was having an affair. And the parents got divorced at 14 years old. So she was struggling with her parents going through a divorce and she needed some validation in her life. So she got into a few relationships that emotionally abused her. And she would do anything for her boyfriend because she didn't want to lose him. But later on, she realized it was wrong and she slowly overcame that situation. But it took a toll on her. She did self-harm for a very long time. She had panic attacks, PTSD, depression, everything, but she overcame it. Listen to this episode on how you can find your self-worth and talk more positively to yourself. Give it up for Jenna Smith. Hi, Jenna Smith. Thank you so much for coming on the Teenage Impact Podcast. How are you doing? Wonderful. It's my pleasure to be here. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, you've gone through a lot of trials and tribulation as a teenager, especially with your parents' divorce. A lot of teens, they started dating around 11, 12, 13 years old. But you mentioned how you started dating for kind of like a negative reason. What was that reason behind it? Yes. Um, So I started dating around that same age, probably, you know, 11. And the reason was, as my parents were... um, having affairs and getting a divorce, I felt this void in myself and I needed that filled. And so I turned outwards and I wanted the same love that I was not receiving, um, mostly from my father. Okay. And how did your parents' divorce affect you? It affected me deeply. I didn't talk about it much just because it was kind of taboo. You didn't really You weren't supposed to talk about family issues. And so I really just kept it inside of myself. And it affected 
my self-confidence. It affected the way I felt and received love. It just, it felt honestly like someone just took a picture and threw it on the ground and the glass just shattered. And at that moment, when that happened, how old were you when they got divorced? So I was 14 when they officially got divorced, but there was, my dad had an affair for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it was really rocky on and off. And officially, I was 14 years old when they became divorced. How were you dealing with it at that moment? At that moment, I didn't deal with it well. I had self-harm behaviors. I would cut and I had um, some suicidal tendencies. After one of my suicide attempts, my mom decided to put me into counseling and that did help a lot, but it was really uh, difficult to deal with uh, the separation. Okay. Yeah. That reminds me of so my last interview I did with Naya Jones, um, she also used to do self-harm at age of 16, 15, 16 yeah. years old, and she used to have cuts on her arms. Yes. And she told me that counseling helped her as well. But she mentioned some alternatives to self-harms. Did you try any alternatives? When I was younger, I honestly did not. I, I um, did not have the help that I needed. And so I really didn't know where else to turn. My counselor eventually did really help me, but I still did continue to cut up until I was an adult, actually. And I, for me, what finally got me to stop was, <laughs> I think, honestly, just realizing the example I was giving for my kids. My kids were infants at that time, and I realized If I took out my pain by physically harming myself, I would be teaching my kids that that's how they should express their emotions and heal from their pain. And I realized I did not want to do that. And so I began to find healthier ways to do that, which was for me, meditation. I would take a moment to take deep breaths, to bring myself back into the present moment. I got into painting. So instead of using my hands hands to be harmful, I would use my hands to be creative. And that was something that really helped me. Mm-hmm. Do you have specific meditation practices or what are some of the meditation practices that you use? For me, I would get a picture, um, pull it up on my phone, on my computer. I would turn on some soft music and I would literally just take really deep breaths and count to 10. And I would try and focus on that image and I would pretend that I was there. And for moments where life was really dark and hard and I didn't really have anywhere else to go, that was kind of an escape for me. So that really helped. Mostly just laying down and focusing my energy on relaxing every single part of my body. And that helps. (laughs) Meditation is powerful because I know with me, I've struggled with a lot of anxiety, which is... I'm getting better at it. And I picked up meditation about maybe a, a month ago, but consistently maybe a couple of weeks. And it's really does wonders. You just, you don't feel anxious anymore. You don't, you just feel so much better about yourself. You live in the present. And in a sense, it, you kind of feel some, like something's wrong because it's like, hey, you feel happy now, but it's kind of weird. Your body's not used to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think my favorite part about meditation is 
I'm a very highly anxious person. And so my mind will be running a hundred miles an hour constantly. Mm -hmm. And I think meditation is that five minutes a day that I get to kind of tell my brain, no, my thoughts are not in control of me. I am in control of my thoughts. And I think it helps me to shift my energy from feeling controlled by all of these fears and things that are going through my head and instead saying, I have the power, I have the control. This is how I take it back. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot of self-harming behavior and you went through a lot of stuff, but your parents' divorce and your father's affairs, they were just you know a small part of it. You mentioned how you went into relationships yes. and your ex-boyfriends mistreated you. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Yes. So after, mostly after my parents divorced, a little bit beforehand as well, I started seeking for love. I wanted to fill the hole that I felt, but especially after my parents divorced, I got into a pretty serious relationship um, that actually lasted for three years. And during that relationship, I was always so afraid that he would leave that anything he requested, I would do. And it was almost kind of like that peer pressure. And I just, it was at all costs, I did not want to be left or abandoned. I didn't want to feel that same experience and feelings I had felt as I went through my parents' divorce. And so I had no self-worth, no identity. My only identity was I have to keep this guy around because he's my only worth. And if he doesn't love me and approve of me, I'm nothing. And so he would mistreat me and tell me what to do. And I would go along with it. And I hated myself. I hated, I hated everything about it, but I didn't know how to stop or how to get out of it. And I think looking back, I wish I had told myself, your worth is already inside of you. You don't need anyone outside of you to tell you how important you are or how amazing you are. And especially as a teenager, that is really difficult to believe in your mind. But it is absolutely essential for teenagers to, even if they don't believe it yet, to tell themselves that. Um, because it's true. Their worth is inside of them. And if they go along with what all of their friends or their boyfriends or girlfriends are trying to tell them, they will lose themselves. And you just, in life, you can't afford that. And so they, I wish I could tell myself, you are an amazing person. Your worth is already inside of you. Don't do anything that you don't feel is being true to yourself. And if someone else judges you for that, you don't need them in your life. It's so true because, you know, I just came back from a Tony Robbins. And for those who don't know who Tony Robbins is, he he's a self-help guru. He's been doing it for 35 years, spoken in over a hundred countries. And he talks about the six human needs. And a few of the human needs that a lot of people Wants are the four basic human needs is certainty, uncertainty, love, and significance. Those are the four basic human needs. A lot of our actions that we do, like you mentioned, how you would do anything for your boyfriend, that's, that's, that's what you would do for love. That's what you would do for significance. So, or that's what you would do for certainty. 
a lot of the stuff that happens on early on in our life, like what you're going, what you were going through with your parents, it's a need. It, it was a kind of a need for validation that you feel love. Yes. And、uh, many times you do things for validation, but the only validation we should have is ourselves. If you、yes. feel significant, we are significant. If you feel love, then we are loved. Never find it in your boyfriend or girlfriend because that relationship will eventually go downhill. Yes, it's it's so true. And honestly, it's not true love or true affection if you don't have self love and self care first.、Mm-hmm. It's more of like you said, an attachment or a neglect based thing. But if they can, if you can love yourself and have the confidence in yourself, and then go out and seek a partner, you will be more stable and more happy than going into one. Um, trying to gain that love for yourself. Absolutely. And how did you get out of that toxic relationship? I was tired of being pushed around. I was tired of being hurt. I was tired of feeling never good enough.、Okay. And so one day, I remember I was seventeen years old. I I woke up and I said, I don't want to live this way anymore. And so I started to change, and it was little by little. Like I said, some of the self harm habits didn't change until years later into my twenties. But little things I started to change inside of my mind. What the positive self talk I would do instead of constantly saying negative things like "You're not good enough," "Nobody loves you," "If you don't do what he says, he's going to leave." Instead, I started saying. I don't want to be treated like this, anyways, and so let him leave. And I am a good enough person that will find love someday, but I can't force that. And I would, at first, I didn't believe any of it. I did not believe any of the kind things I said to myself. But I had to、um, almost force feed myself those positive thoughts. And as I thought positively, my life completely changed. It went from. Um, just this really sad, dark, negative, not going anywhere type of life, and just by changing my thoughts, I got into year, a couple years later. I got into an extremely healthy relationship that I'm still in today. I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary. So, I mean, that was one thing that the self positive talk did was it allowed me to find. A healthy marriage and relationship. Once I was ready, it allowed me to love myself for myself, for my weaknesses, for my strengths, for my quirks, for for the mental illnesses I have. It just it really evolved my life.、Mm-hmm. That's good for you. I'm I'm glad you found someone who truly loves you for who you are, and doesn't try to control or change you. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And that definitely took boundaries.、Um, so the positive self-talk, and then boundaries, which was saying, "I am an amazing human being that deserves respect. My time should be respected. My values should be respected. And if someone, whether it's a friend or a significant other, or boyfriend, girlfriend, if they don't respect those boundaries, then they need to be a little bit more distant in my life. Or at least if." Both of you 
understand that there's some work that needs to be done and you're striving towards that, then then I think that's better than not understanding. Oh, definitely. My number one, when people ask me, how have you been married for 10 years? The number one thing I say is open communication. Like you have to almost over communicate. So I definitely agree. You have to be verbal about what your boundaries are and make sure that they understand and and you're talking with them. If they're very blunt that they don't respect them, that's when you have to kind of step away. But if they're willing to work with you, absolutely. It needs to be, you know, just that open communication and working together. How can a 15, 16 year old do that? Because when you're 15, 16, we don't really know any relationship rules. Yeah. And we're just so young and naive. How -hmm. can a 15 or 16 year old implement that? That is a really good question. I think that's what's so hard is nowadays, teenagers and and youth are getting into relationships so young before they really have the tools or have been taught the tools. And so it's very necessary that these kids take a proactive stance in teaching themselves and in seeking the tools that they need to better their lives. So if they're going to be in a relationship, they need to be proactive in searching okay, how do I communicate? How do I do these things? Google was my best friend, honestly. (laughs) That and counseling. So for communication, you just have to be honest. You have to express your emotions. And that was something that was really hard and different for me. Coming from a family where I was neglected and divorced and everything going on, you learned that you didn't talk because no one really cared about how you felt. So I didn't talk about my emotions and I learned to keep to myself. And if I talked, I was belittled. And so it was hurtful because it was personal. But if you can get to a point where you realize my feelings are my feelings and whether other people are rude about it or not, they are valid. All feelings are valid, whether your dad or your mom or boyfriend, girlfriend, anyone, whether they're rude about it or not, you are valid in everything you feel. Your reality, your perspective is validated. Whether anyone else or not gives you that validation, you have to give yourself that validation. And as you do that, you become stronger and more able to communicate because there's that confidence that If I'm validating myself, I can speak my mind. I can talk about my emotions um, regardless of anyone else's opinions. And so first you have to own everything you feel, be confident in yourself and say, I'm going to put this out there because either people are either going to accept it or they won't, but I will learn to become a better communicator. And when the right person comes along that does accept my communication, I will be ready for them. That's that's awesome because many times, especially being a male, it's hard to open up. Yes. It took a very long time. But you have to realize that if you are going to be with the right person, that it's it becomes so much easier if you just open up to the other person. And yes. if that person leaves you for being vulnerable they're not the right person to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, and oftentimes I know what you're talking about, that fear of if they leave, but you really just have to get rid of that fear 
and you have to say if they leave, it's going to be less painful than holding on to a lie. So let them go and you just communicate, communicate, over-communicate. It's, it's the best policy. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you had a, you were diagnosed with a mental disorder. Yes, I have been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Okay. And how did you overcome those? Oh, it took years and a lot of work. And I do take some medication that helps. But it was to the point where um, because of a lot of the abuse I experienced, I would have severe panic attacks, whether it was a hand motion or a certain smell or even a sound, it would set me off and I would panic. And it got so bad to the point where if I was in large groups of people, I would, um, my vision would go blurry. I would get extremely nauseous and I would completely freeze. (laughs) And it was really embarrassing to have these panic attacks in public. And it got to the point where I stopped leaving my house because it was just too embarrassing and I, I love that more and more people are becoming more accepting of mental disorders. And uh, there's not so much of the stigma that was there. And I love that because that was one thing that helped me to realize, okay, you know, not everyone is judging me. I think that was what was hard was I felt everyone was watching me and everyone was judging me. And especially as a teenager, you feel everyone is watching you. That's not the case. Most of the time, people are not watching you. People are kind of minding their own business. And so whatever you're feeling, allow yourself to ride through the motions. Just get the help that you need. Don't be quiet about it. Don't be silent about it. Definitely counseling was one thing that helped me. And I think the the biggest with my panic attacks, so with the PTSD at least, the biggest thing was a grounding technique that helped me. And that was any time I would go back to where I was reliving a past experience and I was scared that I was going to die or to be hurt, I would have to use a grounding technique, which was I would take a deep breath and say, okay, I see a window. I see the couch. I see the curtains. And I'd have to name everything that I could see in the room next to me. And then it would go to, to audio. So what do I hear? I hear the TV. I hear my phone ringing. And then it would be to smell. What do I smell? I smell my candle. I smell cinnamon. And as I would do that, my brain could no longer focus on reliving past events. And it would kind of force my brain to come back to the present moment. And so it kind of would bring me out of those panic attacks. So anyone struggling with PTSD, panic attacks, definitely look up uh, grounding techniques and that will help quite a bit. Yeah. I, I saw your Instagram video today about it. Yeah. It's a mindfulness exercise. Yes. What can a teenager do to talk positively to themselves? Honestly, you kind of have to force it, (laughs) especially as a teenager. I was very, very critical on myself. It's a time of life where everyone is judging you and you are judging everyone else. And it's just kind of how it is in the teen years. High school and middle school is rough, but you have to force it. You, even if you don't believe it or you don't want to, 
you have to force it to create a habit. So you have to set aside a time each day. So for me, it would be right when I woke up in the morning or right as I was going to bed. Instead of just scrolling through your phone, take a minute and say three things. Think of three things that you love about yourself. And if you can't think of anything, there was a time I was there. I could not think of one thing I loved about myself. I had to think, what do I want to be? What is the positive and good person I want to become? And I would then describe those characteristics. And as I did that, my thoughts became my action. Well, my thoughts became my words. My words became my actions and actions become character. That I, so in the beginning, force it, say three things, make it a habit, and eventually it will just become like your second voice. It's that negative self-talk will kind of disappear and that positive, confident voice will kind of take its place. But it does take years for it to become second nature. Mm-hmm. And you may think things might be working in the beginning and you might think, you know, you have one bad day and it feels like everything just starts from square one, but it doesn't start from square one. No. It just, no. you don't restart. You just one step back and then you're going to come back stronger. Exactly. One thing I always say is healing is not linear. So healing does not happen like this. Healing happens like this. <laughs> and you just have to ride the waves and kind of embrace that each time you have a dark a dark day that you're never going to sink down quite as far as you did last week or you know as long as you're constantly trying to look for brighter times you will slowly go up but there are going to be dips and that's not to say so I, I do want to share this i was doing amazing in my healing i had um, overcome a lot of the things that really held me back from interacting with people and kind of hiding myself and sheltering myself. And I was more out there. And then my nephew, who was 19, committed suicide. And it was a huge shock for me. It, so he was very depressed. And we tried to get him to go to counseling and he went once, but he just didn't want to communicate and talk about his issues. And because of that, two years ago, he took his life. And I remember feeling like I was starting all over at square one again. But what I had to remember was life events are always going to try to knock us down. But just because bad things are happening around us does not mean that we have to go back into that negative self-behavior. So you have to kind of separate the issues. You have to say, this bad thing happened in my life, but this bad thing is not me. So I can continue to be a positive force in the world. I can continue to love myself while mourning and grieving sad things that happen around me. And that's something that helped me to continue in my healing path but still be able to have days where I just laid in bed and cried and, and have those moments. And so I think that's what's important to remember is life is never just going to be happy. Even if you overcome your depression and you talk positively about yourself, you're going to lose loved ones. You're going to, you're going to go through these heartbreaking events, but you can't internalize it to where you start self-harming again or you 
take on ga- uh, guilt or shame. You have to kind of separate it and say, I can still be positive and confident and happy and love myself while grieving this tragedy. Wow, that's that's deep. So true too. Because, you know, anything can happen to us any given time. Yes. But that one event is not who we are. Yes. Yeah. And I think that people that are the happiest in life are the people who can say, I am not the abuse that happened to me. I am not my parents' divorce. I am not the suicide of my friend or whatever else it is. Or even I am not my depression. I am not my PTSD. I am not my anxiety. That is not your identity. Your identity is honestly an amazing person. And, And I can say that even without meeting people because I think almost everyone out there is an amazing person. But we go through so much that we try to protect ourselves with these grumpy faces and these hard attitudes, but it's not who we are underneath. Our hearts are very beautiful. That's deep. That's deep. Thank you for sharing. Let's, let's go into present time. Uh, we got to know your struggles, but let's get to know you as a person. You know, you have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old and a husband of 10 years. How did you two meet? (laughs) Well, (laughs) we met because his mom was best friends with my Mm -hmm. stepmom when long before I was even born. And then his mom moved away and he came back to the place where he used to live to visit. And his mom said, why don't you go out to dinner with my old best friend, which happened to be my stepmom. And so I happened to be at my dad's house and my stepmom's house that weekend. And when he came over for dinner, I was there. And that's how we met. And it's, I do not recommend this, but we dated for about three months and then we were married. (laughs) So (laughs) I I don't recommend it. But yeah, sometimes you just know. That's good. And you have an Etsy account? I do. And a TikTok account. Yes. How did you get started? (laughs) So actually, I started TikTok as I was going through um, one of my depressive modes. It was in April I started. And it's so funny because I am not an extrovert. I am someone who going out and meeting with friends is really an anxiety type thing for me. It's really hard. And so I don't like putting myself out there. But more and more, I have found myself in those positions And so in April, I lost my second loved one within two years. And it just really, really took a toll on me. And so I decided that I needed something in life that was happy, something that wasn't so dark. I don't know, hard to deal with, I guess, because it feels like so much of my life has been trying to run from one tragedy to the next. And I just needed something that was ridiculous and humorous and just fun, something light. And so I started TikTok because it looked pretty <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Some of your videos are hilarious. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. They're definitely cringeworthy. But I just needed to be stupid, just fun. 
And so I started TikTok and I chose the name user is unknown because I didn't want anyone to find it. I thought I'm going to go on here and just be ridiculous and have fun. Let it be a creative outlet for when I'm feeling sad and kind of mourning the loss of my loved ones. I started it and little by little, like within, well, so I started in April and it's now November. So I don't know, is that nine months? I don't know how long it is, but within that time, I am now to almost 160,000 followers. It just exploded, and I have no idea why, because I'm absolutely ridiculous on it, but I think, as I've thought about it, one of the things I thought was, I think people just needed I guess someone that was just genuinely not concerned about other people's opinions of them. And that is something that I've had to practice. That was not me as a teen. I cared about everything that everyone said about me and I internalized it. But through counseling and through the years, I realized I couldn't listen to anything anyone had to say about me. I had to decide who I was, decide whether I loved that person or not, which the answer is yes, you should love the person that you are. And I said, and if I love myself, what anyone else thinks about me isn't important. And I think that people can see that through my TikToks. I think that they can see that I'm crazy and chaotic and that I, they can enjoy it or they can leave and either way I'm fine. It's your genuine self. You being, you being your true self on TikTok and and people can see you right through that. Yeah. That's it. Do you have any last words or tips? Um, I, I think I, well, again, I'm just so grateful that there's someone like you that is willing to, um, talk about the hard things and to really get down to the tips and the tools that are useful to these teenagers, because that is what's going to change and alter their entire lives. And I wish that I had had someone that was motivating and inspiring me and continue doing what you're doing. And it's amazing. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And where can people find you? They can either follow my Instagram, which is I used to be afraid. And there's a period in between each one of those words, or they can find me on TikTok, which is user is unknown. Again, a period between um, each of those words, or they can uh, type in pancakes on TikTok and I'll also come up. So. And I'll also include that in the description. Just Thank in you case so much. They don't know how to spell it. And for those who are tuning in for the first time or haven't done so, if you're on Apple iOS podcast, please, please, please rate and review Teenage Impact because I'm trying to inspire as many teens as possible to overcome struggles in life. So your ratings and your reviews will actually help with ranking it higher so people can find it and feel inspired. All right, Jenna, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Jenna Smith is such a genuine individual. She, when she started her TikTok account, she did it because a loved one passed away and she wanted to handle her depression. So what she did, she put all her authentic content into TikTok and she didn't want anyone to care what they thought of her. And it started taking off. Now she has over 150,000 followers, but things weren't always this easy. She didn't always have this momentum going on in her life. And I really want to talk about three things that I took away from this podcast interview 
with Jenna Smith. Uh, the first one is have positive self-talk. A lot of times we may, things might be going on in our life. You might be in an abusive relationship. You might be in a relationship we're not happy with. We might be failing school. Our parents might be putting us down. Our friends might be putting us down. And all this negative self-talk that we're not good enough, we have to replace that with positive self-talk. It can be hard to have positive self-talk when everything is going on in life. So how can you replace negative self-talk with positive self-talk? Well, first of all, you have to realize that you are having negative self-talk. So if your negative self-talk is, I'm not good enough, you're like, okay, you have to catch yourself. I'm thinking I'm not good enough. And you catch yourself from it. Do not just let it go away. Accept that you're having this negative self-talk. Realize what the situation or what's causing that negative self-talk and replace it with a positive self-talk. If you're saying I'm not good enough, you're like, oh, and you start inputting that in your brain every time you hang out with your friends who bully you, then you, you realize that, okay, I'm around my friends who are bullying me. Maybe I shouldn't hang around with them or have a talk with them. Remove yourself from that situation. And when you catch yourself, replace that with a positive self-talk saying, I am good enough. People love me and people want to be around me. Second thing I took away is find a partner, a boyfriend or girlfriend that truly values you for who you are. It's hard to communicate your feelings especially for a man especially for a boy because we always we're always told to toughen up but if you have a partner you have to over communicate everything if you want the relationship to work if your partner doesn't accept you over communicating and finding your flaws and telling you that you must do this in order to be in a relationship with them run away do not be with that person because you will not be happy doing things that you do not feel comfortable doing. That's what Jenna did for about three years. She started doing things to validate that someone loves her. So she was in a relationship she wasn't happy with because she started doing the things that she wasn't happy with and it wasn't her true self. Third takeaway is meditate and find a positive outlet. Jenna started painting because she started doing a lot of self-harm for years and years and years. And instead of using her hands to do self-harm, she used her hands to paint and do something she loved. Not only did she pick up painting, but she also picked up meditation, which helped her calm her down and relax her and put her in a peaceful, in a peaceful state. And what you can do is you can put like a picture in front of you. Or you could put some relaxing music and just close your eyes. It doesn't even have to be for 20, 30 minutes. It could be for 5 to 10 minutes a day where you close your eyes, start taking deep breaths, and imagine yourself being at ease and being at peace with yourself. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Teenage Impact. If you haven't done so, please share the Teenage Impact with other teenagers who are going through some struggles. If you haven't done so, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. I really want to rank this podcast higher so it can inspire more teenagers. And until next time, peace.